It was my freshman year in high school, and I was invited to a get-together at a friend's house. It was not a party, you know, it wasn't your stereotypical, you know, high school party. It wasn't, it was more along the lines of just a group of, of, of friends coming to hang out. That's all. It was really no big deal. Except it was a really big deal, because this group was a group of seniors, and I was in that group as a freshman, and I mean, that was huge, that a lowly freshman was invited to a hangout with this group of seniors. I mean, it was, I mean, I, it was happening. I mean, I, I was going. And so um, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly when I told my mom I'd be home. I'm not sure I did. I think I just said I'd be home later, so don't worry. Whatever it was, I'm sure she wasn't expecting it to be the next morning without so much as a phone call letting her know where I was, when I'd be home, if I was okay. Yeah. I can still, I mean, I, as clear as day, I can still see in my mind's eye as, as my friend is driving me up to our apartment that next morning and seeing my mom standing outside waiting for me. And hearing my friend say, oh, she does not look happy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, she does not. Probably not going to be even, going to be worse when she finds out there were no parents there at all. <laughs> I'm actually not sure if she knew that until now. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Of course, being a teenager, you know, I was like, well, what's the big deal? I'm fine. I can handle myself anyway. You know, we were just hanging. Like I said, it was, I can't stress this enough. It was not a party. Just hanging out, okay? And, um, you know, it, it, we were just having a good time. It, it was getting late. So there was that. And, and uh, we thought, well, you know, it's really late. So rather than try to, to get everybody home, and that might not be safe after all, we well, maybe it's just better to crash and for a while and then head home in the morning. What was she worried about? Yeah. <laughs> now, fast forward about 20 years. It's my vicarage in Sugarland, Texas. Last day of VBS. Okay? And so all the... It was a major production. I mean, there were a ton of kids there. And so they've all gone home, and, and we're cleaning up. We're getting things all put back. And uh, Heather and I... Where's Caitlin? She's nowhere to be found. You know, the kids just kind of all left, and Caitlin's gone. And we're looking at all the usual spots. No Caitlin. So we're, we're frantic. We're searching everywhere. We, we get everybody we can possibly get to help us look. And this, this church building was, was fairly big. I mean, it had a lot of rooms. They just added on this huge two-story mega complex addition to it. So, I mean, there, there were so many places, and we were looking. I mean, it felt like forever. Just everywhere. No Caitlin. And then finally, like I said, after what felt like forever, we finally found her. She was in some classroom just doing a little craft, I think. Was that what it was? I, just, just doing some mind her own business. And, and, and there she was. And in that moment, I had realized what I'd put my mom through. <laughs> I understood finally what the big deal was. So first off, Mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> Long overdue. <laughs> but secondly, 
I get how Mary and Joseph must have felt after discovering their 12-year-old son had been left back in Jerusalem. That is a parent's worst nightmare. And honestly, I don't even think that I get how they felt. Because, I mean, we lost track of Caitlin for like 15 minutes. They didn't find Jesus for three days. I, I can't even imagine what would be going through their heads. And so when they finally find him in the temple, I mean, the, the, the shock, the relief, you know, the rush of all these different emotions, it must have been overwhelming for them. And they give an appropriate parental response to finding him. <laughs> Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. <laughs> Thank goodness we found you and you're all right. Now how could you do this to us? <laughs> it was this awesome mix of relief and joy and anger and frustration. How you want to hug, uh, hug your kid and strangle him at the same time. I get that. So what does Jesus say in response? Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And I gotta love their restraint because I would have been like, <gasps> what? <laughs> Why was I looking for you? I, because they're his parents? Because they love him? Because they're worried? Because they're scared of what might happen? But, in a way, I mean, doesn't Jesus have a point? After all, he is the Son of God. I mean, this was announced to them long ago. Every year they would come to the temple at the Passover, the very celebration of God coming to his people to release them from bondage. I mean, Jesus is there with them as kind of the fulfillment of the Exodus. And, and, but not just from Egypt, but from our sin, from death. I mean, the, the Passover was a yearly reminder of why Jesus had been sent to them in the first place. You know, reinforcing what Gabriel had told Mary, what the angels proclaimed at his birth. So in a way, you kind of wonder, well, how could they be that surprised? And it's really hard to process <laughs> what's going on here with Mary and Joseph. Because, you know, for, for us... You know, in, in the gospel narrative, it happens so quickly. I mean, it's boom, boom, boom. First, Jesus was a baby. You know, we, we go from Jesus being an infant over a month old to this. He's 12 years old. And then right from here, we jump and he's 30, beginning his ministry. So for us readers of the word, hearers of the word, we go right from angels singing glory to God on high to Jesus asking his parents... Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? You know, for Mary and Joseph, it's, it's been 12 years. That's a long time. A lot to happen. But for us, it's, it's immediate. So we, of course, we're like, well, well duh. <laughs> Come on. How could you have forgotten Gabriel, the angel choir, the shepherds, the wise men? I mean, how could Mary and Joseph not be aware every moment of every day that Jesus is God's Son, the Messiah, the Savior of mankind? How could they not be aware of that? And we could ask ourselves the exact same question. 
How, how can we not remember it? How are we so forgetful? How is it that we who are baptized into Christ, how can we so easily set aside what we know, what has been delivered to us? How can we go so quickly from hearing the word that sets us free from sin to running right back into all that sin that enslaves us over and over? How can we say amen to the word that calls us to love our neighbor, to love our enemies, and turn right around and and talk about how much we don't like that person or that person or, or that group of people? How can we, who have sinned against God, receive the riches of his grace and mercy and forgiveness and then turn around and deny those very things to those who sin against us? God's word today calls us to remember. Remember what we celebrated just over a week ago. God coming to us in the flesh to dwell with us, to be here with us. Because it's so easy for us to forget. <laughs> not that we, we, we don't recall the details of, of Jesus coming to us. I mean, we, it's not like we forget completely about everything, but we forget what it means for us. We, we forget what this means for how we live our lives. Because we're all about moving on, moving ahead, on to the next thing. I mean, the new year, that's what it's all about. The world around us has already moved on from Christmas. I mean, they did that before Christmas. You know, they were taking down the Christmas displays before Christmas Eve. Christmas Day, they already had Valentines set up and little cupids and hearts everywhere. New Year, resolutions, moving ahead, moving forward, forgetting about what has gone before. But Jesus calls us back. He calls us back to Bethlehem, back to the manger, back to the Word made flesh. He calls us back to our baptism so that we would remember not only who we are, but whose we are. And we need to be called back because we forget this all the time. And really, the only way that we can ever move forward in our lives is by going back, back to the beginning, to the Word that created us, to the word that redeemed us, to the word that made us new in forgiveness and grace. We need this every day, not just at the beginning of a new year, but every day we need to be called back to Jesus to remember how and why he came to us because we forget it every day. Because the only thing about this new year is the number. You know, the pandemic, still going. Every day we are still assaulted by our sin. Every day we are still plagued by stress and worry and anxieties and fear. Every day we are quick to anger, slow to forgive. We are still lonely. We are still hurting. We still long for relief and comfort. And Jesus comes to us today with words that do bring us comfort and relief. Because these words call us back to him. He says, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And we hear this as Jesus saying, why are you looking for me as if I had left you? Jesus has been with you this whole time. 
Do you not remember that he came for you? Do you not remember that he came to die for you so that you would be forgiven? Do you not remember that he rose again for you so that you would have peace? Do you not remember that he is always here in this place delivering the same mercy again and again and again because we need it again and again and again? In all and through all things, always remember this. Jesus has come to you and he will be with you to the very end of the age bringing you peace, comfort, and joy, now and forever. Amen.